With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. You're listening to the Hockey Podcast Network. New shows every day. Find us at thehockeypodcastnetwork.com or wherever you get your podcasts from. Hello, you're listening to the Hockey Podcast Network. I'm Mason Dixon, joined once again by my co-host Corey, the Bayou Benders. And this is Habs Nightly, your hub for Habs content. So we're here on a Saturday, recording from Monday, a little bit early, but we could, that's because we have some exciting news. You are busy tomorrow, moving into the new house. Gotta say, you must be excited for that. Yeah, uh, it's it's a little crazy. I wanted to get uh, things done earlier. That way, um, I'm not time crunching anything that I shouldn't be worried about at the moment. You know, so I just really wanted to get this done as quickly as we could. But, uh, yeah, I'm super excited. Um, it feels kind of unreal. Yeah, some big life changes. Obviously, I'm excited for you, too. Um, it's been a long time in the coming, I know, like, personally. Like, I know you've been talking about it for a while. Yeah, and um, me and my wife have, have – she does not – she was like, no, nah, this ain't happening. <laughs> she's she's lived up to that till, uh probably two weeks ago and then like the anxiety has just taken over so <laughs> so now it's go 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 right yeah so now it's just all all over the place but uh yeah dude how are you doing um how's school <laughs> i'm doing okay school's a little tough right now for me a little bit busy my fault of course it always is i may or may not have taken some time it's always it's always the just the the school kids fault it's not just yours just you go to college and they make you feel like everything's your fault yeah just haven't you know how it is you get a little bit behind sometimes and you Mm want to pick it back up but you're like ah i'm enjoying this free time because you don't have free time in college yeah Exactly, but you know, we'll pick it back up tonight. Probably get some stuff going. Mm-hmm. We'll see how it is. Obviously, the Habs game, Habs play tonight. By the time we're listening to this, we'll know how they have done. We, of course, are recording this at 5 37, right before the hockey game. 
yet to be seen um, how that game goes, but playing Detroit, Detroit is 50% of our wins on the season. So I'm expecting, <laughs> expecting a great game. I, you know what? I'm hoping that we can do to them what they did to us a few years ago, where I think we were like 27% of their wins by the end of the year. They beat us four. You're times. right. Yeah. <laughs> four songs. Crazy. Like four of one in the series. Yeah. So we'll see how that goes. But we have some interesting stuff to talk about. Obviously, only one game, but what a game it was. Montreal absolutely took it to the Calgary Flames. And I got to say, that was a very, very exciting game to watch. Nick Suzuki has been not only the leading man of the Montreal Canadiens, but one of the leading men in the NHL since, I believe, his first, wow, I can't remember how many games it was. In the last, I think, 12, no, not 12, 10, 8, 10 games, only four people have outscored Nick Suzuki, Ovechkin, Dreisaitl, uh, McDavid, and Troy Terry. So he is on an absolute rampage right now. NHL, be warned. It doesn't look like this is a fluke either. Like this, this is Nick Suzuki. He's a top line center. He's a point getter. He's everything you can want. And it's shown not only on the, the board with the point totals, but even in the small things like his puck possession, making these deeks, these nice plays. And boy, were there a few of them against the Calgary Flames. Absolutely. Um, it sucks for people like me who uh, who was expecting the Canadians to have another loss, and um, it was not the case. I, I played Markstrom like we talked about before this, and so did I. <laughs> and it's it's weird. I was definitely expecting a loss, and when they didn't lose, I was. It was bittersweet. I was like, finally, some success, and in a team that's against a team that's been playing really well, and then. Fuck, I could have used this win. I was relying heavily on this. I could have started someone else. Um, <laughs> but other than that, uh, yeah, the game was exciting to watch. Unfortunately, it was not one of the ones on ESPN Plus, so I had to try to find a way to watch it. And I didn't get it. I didn't get a chance to watch as much of it because it kept lagging out. Um, having to refresh and stuff on these pirated sites suck. Uh, especially with like getting used to having ESPN plus now it's like I'm having to deal less and less with the matrix trying to find <laughs> illegal games to view it. But um, it was, it was an awesome outcome despite um, the one game I was like, okay, they scored. Okay. Okay. They could score a lot. That's awesome. But they just got to lose it. <laughs> so I guess I was being not so much of a fan uh, the previous night, but Hey, I'll take the win now. You know, I'm still winning in fantasy, so it's all good. <laughs> no, uh, I loved the game Montreal played against Calgary. I thought it was one of our better games of the season. Romanov played exceptionally. Jake Evans played amazingly. He's had a uh, really strung together quite a few good games in a row here. And of course, Nick Suzuki was phenomenal. I I want to highlight, like, let's just talk about his game. He kicked it off with an assist. And then that game tying goal on Markstrom was one of the cheekiest things I've mm -hmm. seen him do all year. <laughs> Attempted the behind the back goal in which Markstrom was very sharp to save that the initial time. Like he kind of gloved it. And you could see him say, 
I guess not say, but kind of look at Suzuki, like give him a not here, like that's not happening kid type of look. <laughs> the very next shift, Suzuki comes down the wing, absolutely burns Eric Goodbranson, just makes him trip over his feet and then tucks it off Markstrom's back into the back of the net. And post game, Suzuki was talking about that. He said Markstrom told him that's not going to work. And then when he did it to him, he said he skated by the net and Markstrom took a took a stick whack at him. So <laughs> great to oh, see that from uh, Suzuki. Absolutely loved his game. Um, another player I want to talk about who, well, I, I already mentioned him, but Jake Evans, who, you know, got the empty netter to, you know, seal the game. But what a game, like what a performance he had. We saw the goal he had the other night where he – I can't remember what player it was. He absolutely deked someone out of their skates and then shelved it. He's been buzzing around the ice. I think he's played amazingly with Armia and Lekkinen. If they can start finishing off some of the chances he's been creating, he'll he'll start to add some assists to that point total. He has three goals on the season, no assists. So uh, if they can start finding a finishing touch, which we know Armia has, Lekkinen, I think. <laughs> Lekkinen's going to Lekkinen, but... I think he could honestly, if Armia starts putting the puck in the back of the net, I think we could start seeing Jake Evans put together some solid point totals for him. No, I think I think you're right. I'm so happy that it's these two young guys that were really just um, elevating their games last year and playing like like a, a solid battle out there, and they're getting these chances off of um, off of just playing so tough out there. Um, but the Nick Suzuki goal, um, the back and forth between him. And Markstrom kind of reminded me of uh, who was that Cole Caulfield and Robin Leonard last year. Like him, he tried it. He saw it, there was a chance, but it was it was stopped. And then Robin Leonard brings it up in in the post conference in the next game. Cole Caulfield, same spot, takes takes care of it. Um, yeah, I was just looking at Nick Suzuki though. Uh, I think he's ranked. In my league, he's ranked like 88 right now. And I know that changes. It can be different for everyone because of the way that they play as far as like what's your point basis. But um, he's been unreal. And I think if I dropped it down to like the last seven games, he's like in like the top 20. So whoever's got him, good luck to you. I have. I have. <laughs> he's on Suzuki. a roll. I have Suzuki in my league. And it's funny you mentioned that. So Suzuki has. Let me just chalk it up to point. I can go on NHL. Also, while you're looking that up, how uh, how crazy is it to see, you know, the person that gets dogged on the most finding success success on the, on the blue line? Uh, ben Chirot just keeps getting it done. I was going to bring that up. So just bringing up the stats, Suzuki is 26th in the NHL on points, 14 and 15 games, but he's tied with a bunch of people who have 14 mm-hmm. Then a bunch of people have 15, 16, and then you have your your top, your top seven there who have 18, 18, 18, 19, and then you've got OV McDavid Dry. So so Suzuki's up there among point leaders. And like I said, um the only four guys are ahead of him, and that's the top four point getters in the NHL. Yeah, and that's unreal. in the last eight games. So he's been amazing. Um, yeah, Ben Sherratt, um, tied for the league lead in goals by a defenseman. Let me just double check that right now. Um, <laughs> I believe he's tied the, the time. The times when we have the times when we are congratulating Ben Chirot, we have to make sure the 
the the data is correct when we start when we start giving him good grace we need to we need to fact check yeah so he is tied for the lead league it's a four-way tie with kevin shattenkirk yossi himself and aaron ekblad um also conveniently tied for the league uh tied for the like uh organizational league within the canadians for goals with four him and mike him and mike hoffman are both tied in that regard and yeah you know what it's gonna dog on Sherrod a lot but i'll give him credit where it's due sorry it's a three-way tie suzuki also has four um i'll give him credit where it's due um he's really crashed the net and joined the rush well when there's Mm -hmm. been an opportunity and that's three of his goal I don't think he has any goal from the blue line this year. If I'm mistaken, I believe all of them have been from crashing the net, being opportunistic. Right. And I like say what you want. I think Ben Sherratt needs to go. I want Ben Sherratt to play well. Yeah. yeah, I, yeah. Want, I want him to be like, I don't not want him to succeed. So like, I don't, I want to get that misconception. We're not that far away from when we were so happy to have Ben Sherratt on this team. Like, no. <laughs> and like we we are Ben Sherratt. I would say we're Ben Sherratt realists. We're not Ben mm-hmm. Sherratt haters. And have I been frustrated with him this year? Holy hell, I have. And I think it's because I've seen better from him. Yeah. It's not and it's not his fault that he gets put in that position. Ben Sherratt's averaging 22 minutes a night. Look, if Ben Sherratt's on your third pair, second pair with the right, if he's your number four, number five guy. On a reasonable contract, I think Ben Sherrod is a serviceable defenseman in the NHL. I really do. But, you know, it's just he's he's had to go up against some of the best teams in the NHL and best opposition. He gets burned. It's just going to happen. So, no, we're very happy to see him scoring those goals, contributing to Montreal. It's great to see. And, honestly, I hope it bumps his trade value up. So, come trade deadline, <laughs> if Ben Sherrod's on – he's on pace for, what, like 20 goals this year? Yeah. 22 goals? Hey. 22 goal defenseman Ben Sherratt, first second round pick. You know, I'd love to see it from a team that's desperate. Now he is, he's his shooting percentage is at 14.8 percent, which I don't think is going to be sustainable. But we'll see what happens. To fully went on a tear last year, and you never know. Stuff can happen. Stuff can be wild. Um, I also want to um, give a shout out to Mike Hoffman. Last game, two points. And uh, honestly, like people are going to diss on him because, you know, especially even analytically, it shows non-analytically too with just the eyes. He's not great five on five. You know, I don't think he's been as bad five on five, at least from an eye test perspective, as other people have have said. We didn't get him for (laughs) the fucking five on five play. We got him for the power play. He has five power play points tied with Suzuki for the lead. He's done his job well. And another guy who uh, got a, was it a secondary or a primary assist on that Brendan Gallagher goal, which we'll talk about after. Oh, yeah, Uh, he got the secondary. Yeah, Chris Weidman, too, who Mm -hmm. really contributed to that Brendan Gallagher goal. I think he's played great. I'd love to see him get a little bit more ice time. He's only averaging 14.52 a game i'd like to see him get a little more close to the 16 mark right i doubt we'll see that but it is what it is but how about that goal Corey, with brendan gallagher you know just crashing the net the most galley goal ever yeah it was unreal um it looked like it's it's such a hard one to follow like if you 
if you don't watch like the slow motion one, it's it's kind of crazy because uh, what he kind of like puts it five hole through his legs, like it must have hit off his chest and just straight dropped down for Weidman's shot, or if it tipped off of somebody and he just is just screaming at the net, pops it behind him, and <laughs> it just gets smoked by whoever's whoever's like bear hugging him at the time. Yeah, uh, fucking to fully destroying Good Branson was awesome. Mm-hmm. I I don't even understand what was going through Gabranson's mind at that time a dimwit play but absolutely atrocious that Montreal did not come out of that scrum with a power play yeah just horrible now <laughs> I think we've had a lot of uh ref rage on this podcast and we've we've really saved it this season I don't think we've had a lot but that was some of the worst officiating I think I've seen all year um, not a shocker either. Uh, Justin or what's his name? St. Paul, whatever the, the head official for that game mm-hmm. was last year voted the worst ref in hockey by the players. Justin St. Pierre. St. Pierre. Thank you. One player even saying this is from our episode, the athletic. He did this um, article. One player said he would, he didn't want to vote for St. Pierre because he'd probably be happy if he won it. So <laughs> Even if you see him, like, he just looks arrogant too. Like you can tell, um, and it showed. He was he was a brutal official. I don't, it's just Tanev should have been out. There was a lot of things wrong with that game from an officiating standpoint, but Montreal didn't allow it to affect um, you know the outcome. Played a solid game, and uh, honestly, there was a lot that I think Montreal did well that game. I think it's one of the best games we've seen them play. Mm-hmm. And uh, a lot of that has to do, and I think it proves that when our young guys play well, our team does well. Suzuki, Evans, Romanov, honestly, we're probably three of the best players on the ice for the Montreal Canadiens that night. Yeah, Romanov, uh, I'd like to see him get closer to that 20 mark like we saw the previous game. But uh, for roughly 18 minutes of, of ice time, you know, he got, a, he got about a minute on the shorthand. But – um, another big game for hits for Romanov. Um, like you said, like you said last podcast, you want to see him do a lot more than just be uh, like a heavy hitting blue liner. Like you want to see him be able to move around the ice more. But um, at least I'm happy that the role that he's being given for now, he's excelling at it. No, definitely. I think he's been amazing. I think he needs more ice time because. Mm-hmm. Like the guy just produces, he produces hits. He produces in terms of zone exits and just being electric. Like Romanov provides so much to this team and does so much for this team when he is on the ice. He's only got, I mean, it's, it's a bit wonky because I'm looking at it. David Savard's only got just a few Mm -hmm. seconds more than him, but Romanov's got, 0.2 0.2 seconds on the power play, uh, two seconds on the power play. I don't remember him getting out there. I don't remember the circumstances of the it. The fact that he isn't on the power play is That's what I was about to disgusting. say. Like, he it's can horrible. definitely be a great, you know, captain of a power play from the blue line. And um, he's just so creative when he when he actually gets a, gets to move in ice. Why not utilize him two seconds like – you should have gave him at least a you know a forty a thirty second shift you know even a twenty second shift. What out I there. do what I do love to see is that he's been getting a lot of penalty kill time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, this year, uh, let me see how much I can't. 
I don't have how much he's averaging off the top of my head, mm-hmm. but it's a decent, I would say probably half of every power penalty kill he's been out there. Like it's a place for a minute, each penalty kill. And he's just been eating those minutes up playing like probably our best penalty killer on the season by far. And I understand not wanting to take Petrie off the power play because you need him to get going. Yeah, like yeah. If, if this team, you need that guy, especially go with his contract extension, you need that guy to get going. And obviously, you don't want to take Weidman off. <clears throat> but there have been times when Montreal's put out two defensemen, and one of them is Ben Sherratt. Now, Ben Sherratt has scored four goals, none of which have been on the power play. <laughs> However, if you're going to, if you are determined, you're like, okay, I, I don't agree with this policy, but if you want to play two defensemen, make one of them Romanov or at least Kulak. Right. Right. Like it doesn't make sense to me why you wouldn't have Romanov on the power play or play him in overtime. Like it just, it baffles me with how dynamic and how good a skater he is and a pass or the vision he possessed. I just don't understand why you wouldn't play him, but I do love to see that his confidence has returned. He's been carrying the puck up the ice a lot lately. Yeah. Um, just to kind of piggyback on that a little bit, I mean, we got – they're really heavily relying on uh, Chris Weidman, and I'm not saying that we should we should stop that. I think, you know, just in this game, you know, Brendan Gallagher's goal doesn't happen unless Chris Weidman takes that, that shot and causes the chaos in front of the net. But at five minutes, everyone else is, is a minute 30 to Chris Weidman's five minutes. I mean, even just sacrificing 20 minutes of Chris Weidman to have or put Romanov next to him if, if you're not going to, you know, put a fourth forward out there. Um, give him give him a shot. You know, he's proven that this – so far this season, um, he's proven excellent on, the, uh, on the, uh, the penalty kill. Just in ice time in general, he's sitting at about 18 minutes now for, for an average game. But why not give him some power play time too? He's excelling everywhere on the ice. Um, this this could be the next thing that kind of helps us. You know, if if we're losing games because we can't score three goals, you know, I'm not saying he's the key to it, but I mean, it wouldn't hurt to try. He's very great offensively. Romanov has, I don't think, ever hurts Montreal when he's on the ice, and I think that's something that's very very special to him Mm -hmm. unique to him because there are a lot of players who i think do hurt montreal when they're on the ice like petrie at times hurts montreal when he's on the ice weidman does kulak does occasionally um now with certain players they're upside like mike hoffman mike hoffman's upside is great enough to which, yes, he'll hurt you defensively, but he does have a deceptively good stick in the neutral zone. But he provides so much offense that it outweighs that. Mm-hmm. I don't think Sherratt or Savard have that upside to which you should play them more than Romanov, if that makes sense. Yeah, no, I, I can understand that. Um, I still think that he makes uh, minor mistakes out there that I'm not going to say that I, I notice because half the time I'm just fucking – I'm not even watching it in a stable mind. Um, 
but I, I do see small things, but it's it's nowhere near as it was in the first in the first couple of weeks of him playing last year when there was like uh he didn't understand to get off the ice. Like 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 the stuff that was just new to him for a new league. You know, you're not seeing that much anymore. And if anything, you're seeing some some giveaways every now and then. But um I wouldn't I wouldn't say that it's it's so many that he's, you know worse than any other defenseman on the team right now um in, in in an aspect like that he definitely is deserving of more time and why not you know if you can trust in Suzuki to to get us through this mess you know he's a young guy he's a young kid that came on, onto this team to help Romanov kind of did the same thing why are we not just seeing what we can do with him right now he's been very hot lately why not just give him a little you know, a little bit more off the leash. No, definitely. I agree. I think we've discussed this a lot. I think we both agree Romanov deserves a lot of time. <laughs> I think, like, <laughs> if if I'm Dominic Ducharme, which I find myself saying a lot lately, I play Romanov as many minutes as I can until it hurts us, <laughs> if that makes sense. Yeah. Like, I'm going to milk that cow until it's dry and once you know he shows that he's not prepared and he's not ready that's when i roll back the minutes but i think as of right now you gotta keep playing him and just keep playing him and playing him and playing him and see where it takes you Mm -hmm. no uh i agree 100 percent. there's no point in us just uh babying him when this season's already not at a loss, but it's pretty much why are you not giving him every opportunity to get as much time out there as he can to learn and get to, and get a better flow for the game, you know? Yeah, no, I totally agree. Um, also want to give some highlights. Well, I'm kind of, I think it's time to wrap up discussion of that game, but mm-hmm. no, no. Uh, well, Ryan Paling made his debut. Yeah. Finally. <laughs> What'd you think? Um, I think it's let me collect myself. I think um, it's about time, um, and it's it kind of sucks with with all the, the injuries that we're <laughs> we're sustaining. But uh, I felt he was effective. I'm not going to say that he was as um, noticeable as like uh, Pizzetta his first game. I think there was just a bit of explosiveness to Pizzetta. I think Paling held his own. Um, fantastic in the face-off um but other than that i wouldn't say it was uh i don't know i wouldn't say it was like the best game that i could expect to see ryan palin come out and be like i'm ryan palin you know we've already kind of seen that before but as far as this this era of ryan palin to like impress himself on ice i think he's he's playing great uh in just a bit of showing we've seen i'm not gonna say you know like not going to compare it to like Dvorak or anything, but um, of the struggling centers, I was happy to see him get a chance, but I didn't think that he necessarily like outshined for me. Okay. No, that's very fair. Um, I had kind of a, uh, some mixed feelings about his debut. Mm-hmm. I thought that he showed potential and I think he's always done that. I don't think he really blew my socks off. I don't think he but had a lot of chances. Like, that's where I was getting to. Yeah. I just thought, think that 
Ryan Paling is never going to show you what Ryan Paling can do when his line mates are Alex Belzi and Michael Pizzetta, as much as mm-hmm. I love those guys. They're just. Now, I like that he they kept him with Bazil. There's a bit of chemistry, but I mean, also, but we're not, we're not in a. Not, like, I hope every day, every game, I hope Belzil scores because he's a 30 year old rookie. Mm-hmm. <laughs> who has grinded and he deserves an NHL goal. But he doesn't like he's not if Alex Belzeal's on your team, from what he's shown me right now, it's not a good thing. Like he's not gonna provide much to Ryan Paling's offense, if that makes sense. Not in the NHL. In the NHL, he's a great player. And I like Alex Belzer. I'm not shitting on him. I'm just saying you need – same with Evans and Lekkanen right now. Like, you need someone who can put the puck in the back of the net. Otherwise, there needs to be some type of elevation. There needs to be some finishing ability. Mm-hmm. And someone to help him in the offensive zone. And I'm, I'm not, I'm not um, I guess, clearing paling of all uh, blame here because I think the guy needs to put some more fucking – zip in his step he needs to realize that this is an opportunity that he needs to grab by the balls because it might just be it might be his last one with montreal I'm no not, i like that like, you put it that way and unfortunately uh with the eight minutes he got to play i didn't he didn't really get a chance to do that now i mean i think we'd be blown away if we could see like nick suzuki paling and fucking caulfield on the line and just given you know a 10 minute, <laughs> you know, 10 minutes worth of shifts. Um, I think we could see, you know, some, some chemistry, something dazzling, obviously, but um, I don't think I can blame him on his play. Like, yeah, it's supposed to be the player that elevates it and shows that he can do it, but we're not really giving him the tools to do it. Right. You know, we're giving him some, I don't even want to say like unpolished tools, but, you know, we're not working with a brand new set. This is definitely a, a rented, a rental, and we're just putting this with it, you know? No, definitely. I, I just, I don't know. Right. I want to see more. You know, I want to see more. I want to see more. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Like, I want to see them. I don't want to see people get injured, but I want to, like, if, if there was like a, a bigger injury that would devastate our top six players, you know? just for him to get a slot up, uh, I, I'd liked it. You know, I, I'd, I'd like to see it is what I'm trying to say. Because, uh, like you said, I just want to see him give, be given a chance with someone explosive or just someone that is better than him so he gets a chance to kind of, I won't say, you know, piggyback, but get to play on an elevated line, even if it's just adding like uh, – if like Josh Anderson played on his line or something, just something to help him other than the bottom of the barrel for our, you know, forwards right now. I guess that sounds kind of harsh, but. No, I think it makes sense. I think I'm just sorry. I kind of pause. I don't care if it's no. Yeah. I don't care if it's like one bottom six guy and one top six guy, but like, we're throwing him out there with, you know, with no one to really elevate his game and, you know, make, make us see that, Oh, if you added him to a line that has an elevated person on it, 
there can be some explosive, something we haven't seen in a while. And I don't think we're going to get that out of. Well, what know, I'm thinking line. is I wonder with Dvorak struggling. I wonder if you just let Paling play with Anderson. I just think Anderson's a guy that would work with him or let him play with. Um, I think Paling's got Gallagher. a great, he's, he's, he's a great passer. Josh Anderson isn't, but I mean, I mean, you, I, I think Paling with this team is going to be more of an assist guy anyway, but I think it's just dumb of a team that's, you know, not as bad as Arizona right now, but a team that's a bottom barrel team right now, not to, not to be free with their lines. There's no reason to have every, every shift has to be the same, you know, the same guys on the line. Yeah. You want the chemistry, but this team's not winning based off the chemistry they already have play, play with it, change it up. Yeah, no, exactly. I just, Obviously, coming off a win, I don't see the lines changing for tonight. Ducharme said they won't. Well, all I'm but I would about... like I would like to see Paling have an opportunity to play with some players, like you said, that are better than him mm-hmm. and can uplift him. Like, look, they gave him, they threw him out there for three seconds on a power play just to probably fill a body. Give him a shot on the power play. That you know, if that's the only time we get to see him with a better pairing, then why not? You know, like I just I think he's deserving. He's could be a future member of this team if we give him the chance to prove that to us and when he's not proven it if we're putting him on the fourth line give him give you know switch it up a bit like that's why i kind of started to make the comparison earlier about him and dvorak like yeah i'm not comparing them together but dvorak has been kind of our weakest center no, no, he has been. <laughs> so he, he's why been great not? on the draw, but he he hasn't provided. He's been a black yeah, hole so, offensively. So and that's why not? Fine. Why not just hey, Dvorak, we're, we're going to sit you a shift to let you know this young kid go out there. Why not? I don't see what it hurts. We can't score two fucking goals most nights. Like, <laughs> what's the you know? It, we're not holding his spot. You can't you can't come into this elite club of thirty goal scorers. <laughs> this is a struggling team. Give him a shot. Exactly. No, I totally understand. I totally agree <laughs> with you. I want to see this guy be successful, man. I want him to be successful too. Like so badly because it's been so long since we've seen a Habs first rounder do well. <laughs> like, like realistically. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, do we have anything else to talk about? No, nothing that, I mean, we, we, we tried to, you know, walk away from this game and we kept coming back to it. And it's just because it's when we get good news with this team, we kind of have to like really we like that. Shit we've dry. got to dig that hole, you know. And uh, but no, I think I think this is a pretty solid episode. Uh, we can take it from there. Everything else would just be off the wall ignorance that will make this a two hour episode, which I don't feel like editing. Fair enough. Well, I don't want to be sitting that long. Well, if you have any parting words, Corey, now's the time. Um, no, just if you guys have something you want to say to us, send it to www.speakpipe.com forward slash Habs Nightly, and we'll read it on air. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. Like I said, we're going to keep pumping that until we get a few in. Uh, we'd really like to hear from oh, you guys. Oh, shit. A word from our sponsor. Oh, dude, just add it in post. It's got to be halfway through. <laughs> it has to be halfway, doesn't it? think so 
You can just be like, I'm keeping all this audio in too. You're keeping this on <laughs> Don't keep this audio in. The NHL season is underway and DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL, has an unbelievable offer to celebrate the greatest sport on ice. New customers can bet just $1 on any NHL team and win $100 in free bets if either team scores a goal. Doesn't matter if it's a one-time clapper or a deft deflection. However they light the lamp, you win. If Sportsbook isn't available in your state yet, DraftKings won't leave you empty-handed. Everyone can pay. Everyone can play for huge cash prizes all season long with DraftKings Daily Fantasy Sports Contest. DraftKings is giving all new customers a free shot at millions of dollars in total prizes with their best, with their first deposit. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code THPN. Throw down $1 on any NHL game and use promo code THPN. You'll win $100 in free bets if either team scores a goal. This week, one puck in the net gets you big wins with promo code THPN at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL. Must be 21 or older, New Jersey, Indiana, or Pennsylvania only. New customers only, a minimum $5 deposit, a $1 wager, one per customer. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Send us out, Mason. <laughs> Thank you guys for listening. We appreciate it. Hopefully, uh, have some fun tonight. I guess you guys will know. And once again, thanks for stopping by. Thanks for listening. It's been Habsnet. You guys have a good one. Talk to you all soon. You're listening to the Hockey Podcast Network. New shows every day. Find us at the hockeypodcastnetwork.com or wherever you get your podcasts from.